Welcome to this week's episode of All In, where I had the pleasure of interviewing Jana Webb via an Instagram Live. And Jana is the founder of Joga, which is yoga for athletes. Over a decade ago, she began working with professional teams and athletes, especially in the NHL, but across nearly every sports league. And she's really grown the whole brand and business of Joga and still is a practitioner training these pro athletes and teams. So I think you'll really get some great takeaways on how she built the business as well as practical takeaways for athletes and uh, the benefits of yoga. Now, additionally, she opens up and gets vulnerable about her story with uh, a traumatic brain injury that she experienced through a life-changing and almost life, well, really life-threatening car crash. So I, I won't spoil any of this episode, but it was a pleasure connecting with Jana, and I'm sure that you will enjoy and get some great takeaways from her inspirational story and journey as an entrepreneur uh, and a mother. This is your host, Natalie Allport, and on this podcast, we dive into the mindset, knowledge, and stories behind inspiring and passionate individuals who know what it takes to go all in. So whether you're here for motivation, to learn something new, or just real conversation, I'm humbled you're listening and stoked to go all in with you. Hey. <laughs> hey, you. How's it going? I'm good. How are you doing? Not too bad. Enjoying this Thursday pre-winter, getting excited about it. Yeah, are you West Coast or... I'm in Ottawa. Yeah, oh, okay. I, I wish I was West Coast. It would be much easier for, for snowboarding and getting into all that stuff. Hoping to make a trip out West, but who knows with all these travel restrictions this year, I don't know if things will shut down further. I know. Well, at least you're getting warm weather, right? Like we are? Yeah, yeah. This web, like this weekend is amazing. Like it went from snow earlier this week to this like 18 degrees. I know. I'm happy. That's why yeah. I'm like, I was like, do I need to dress up for this interview? I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> like, she's, no. she knows this is, she, you know, this is my get up, like 20 out of 24 hours in a day. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, you know, what's so funny. It's like, I, I go on different podcasts or um, I just have like business Zoom calls and people just reference me, like even my clients as like, oh, she always just looks like she's ready to go snowboarding. I usually have a toque on. I mean, it's yeah. warm today, so it's not on, but yeah. Awesome. Well, nice to see you again. Yeah, well, I'm so excited to like officially connect because I feel like we've been connected through Twitter for a long time. And I've always been so interested in learning more about the yoga method and uh, about your story. And um, I just like from listening on a few different things about your story. I know that a long time ago, like what kind of kicked off your journey was um, uh, like one of your, your first car accident. And what I think is really interesting about that is actually my aunt has a very, very similar story. She's someone who always is pushing me, especially during my snowboard career to do yoga and to stretch and to do these things and that's actually that's her career as well but it all started from she got into a really bad car accident on the way to uh Tromblon with my uh my dad which is her brother and um they they basically crashed into a pole and she broke her back and similarly like the um she was in she was in Quebec and she didn't speak the language and they wanted just to pull her out and all these things and they had to like get her into an Ontario hospital because they, they didn't like the doctors there and the doctors told her she wouldn't be able to like lean over or do sports or do these things and now like, she's the most flexible person I know and it right, like it blows my mind she has still a rod in, in her back and yeah. so I I would love to hear about your story and, and how you came to first find yoga and then how it turned into this yoga method. Yeah, great. Well, that's a crazy story and crazy parallel, right? Were they come, just question back, though, before I get into my own story? Were, <laughs> were they on their way to come 
watch you raise? No, this was, um, this is a long time ago. So before okay. I was born, actually, my oh, dad okay. was planning out like a ski trip and he got yeah. his younger sister to come along with him. Okay. And uh, I, I believe my dad was driving or a friend was driving. I'm not sure. But yeah, crazy. I think it was a snowstorm. And yeah, yeah. Crazy parallel though. No. So yeah, so there's been two car accidents, which is like this thing. I'm like, I don't even want to talk about it anymore, because I don't want to manifest any more of that in my life. But truly, it has defined what I've done and what I've created. And so I look at it now from a different lens and that I'm grateful for all of these things, good and bad that have happened because they've shaped a who I am and this career trajectory that I've created for myself. So years ago I was in marketing and I was in, and I don't even like to say car accident anymore because looking back to like the real one that happened four years ago in this first one, it was more like a fender bender, right? <laughs> and this, but still I had soft tissue damage and you know, I was going to school at the time and, and one of my coaches was like, oh, you should go do yoga because it'll help you. Like I was doing physio and acu, you know, all the things to rehab a shoulder injury. And she's like, you should try yoga. And this was a lot of years ago. And I was like, what the heck is yoga? Like this, yeah. I'm not going to date myself right now, but this was like 20 years ago and it wasn't trending. And there was like hot yoga and, you know, Ashtanga yoga. There wasn't all these different options out there. And so I went and it became like this love-hate relationship because I was an athlete. I couldn't do all the yoga moves in the position, but also because I was an athlete, I was damn well going to try, right? And what <laughs> yeah. that meant is I was doing things that my body should not have been doing. And I ended up hurting myself more because I'm not flexible. I can't sit cross-legged. I can't touch my toes. I can't do all these things. But the piece of it that I guess was intriguing for me was this idea of breathing and relaxation. Because right. as an athlete, like I was never taught that and the importance of being mindful and, and being in your own space, right? And so... I, I kept going back because I felt better in my mind after these sessions, but in my body, I felt horrible. And that just started to create some curiosity. And I was like, why isn't there anything out there for bodies like mine or for people like me who maybe interpret information a little bit different? And that led to this journey of, you know, curiosity and, and I couldn't find anything. So I created, I mean, I went to my, my training in Japan, like that led me to Japan to get certified and brought that back to Calgary, Canada, and, you know, got a job working with the Stampeders, the CFL team. And the first few sessions like failed like miserably because I was <laughs> like, first of all, they were looking at me and I'm looking at them and this was, you know, athletes were not doing anything like this, no, yeah. you know? So that's kind of where it started. And to be honest, like those first few sessions failed miserably. Like I wasn't training them like athletes. I was trying to make them yoga people. And that's not, that wasn't the right tactic. And so I spent those two years with the athletes having conversations and basically developing this thing now we know to be yoga but i didn't even know what i was i was doing at the time it was literally just trial and error and i hate to say that to any of the calgary stampeders that may be watching this that i was working with that you were my guinea pigs but they truly were and i got a lot of information just by taking um being an advocate for the athlete right and being like hey did this help you sleep better did this make sense before you went into the gym did this make sense pre-game post-game and what I found myself doing was creating programs and translating this thing called yoga, like Virabhadrasana 2 and chakras and all this language that didn't make sense for them into a vocabulary that they could understand, like right. recovery and pliability and agility and sustainability and proprioception. And so, you know, it's been my life's work to take this amazing thing called yoga and not only apply science to it, but make it functional for how athletes train and move. And more importantly, for how they like understand their job to be right with this modality in this ecosystem yeah i i love that that makes so much sense to me because i think that there is that 
that mindset of an athlete where they're like yoga like I don't know especially probably back then like there's a bigger gap in knowledge of like no what is yoga I don't right. see any other pro athletes doing this I just want to go hard all the time do yeah. I need to do this stretching is this for me and so being able to translate that into words that an athlete understands I think especially for pro athletes like they don't have the time to learn something completely like there's some who are very yeah. curious and, and want to dive into these other avenues but there's others that are just so laser focused yeah and so you really have to get the buy-in how did you or how do you still get the buy-in from athletes who kind of give you pushback on not wanting yeah. to do that kind of stuff no and a great question and you're an athlete so you get this right it is hard to get that buy-in and what i know is that i need to create a physical response immediately in their body so i need to challenge them kinetically because if i can challenge them kinetically and they're like why can't i do that right it exposes their weaknesses so it, but there's a fine line there because we also don't want to tamper with their egos because athletes like to be very good at what they're doing. And so when you expose weaknesses, they tend to shy away and you don't get the buy-in. So it's this fine balance of making them feel successful in these positions and these movements, but also exposing their weaknesses and explaining the why behind those weaknesses so they can get better. And those those weaknesses that we expose are generally something kinetically or a misalignment or something that's not functioning in their like neurological system. So it's very science-based, it's very in-depth. And this program that I've created is it's a, um, you know, it, 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 it's a, a injury prevention, essentially, right? Like we're exposing where the, the links are in the body that aren't strong. So we can build those links and you're functioning with a whole system that's strong and, you know, neuro, neurologically working together. Um, right. But now I get the buy-in. I kind of, you know, reverse engineered the program in that talking about making athletes feel successful is we just take them through the few benchmarks to start with and like kind of progress the program before I just threw it all at them and it just was too much on their nervous systems like I remember once I was down in New York training the Knicks and like one guy just like got up and left like just left the class he's like this is I can't do this I'm not gonna do it you know and at that point in their careers they're like they're making the money they, they, they've got their formula right so yeah, yeah. and so the buy-in to this day we we're, we're always still trying to get better but um to answer your question precisely, it's about getting them to feel something in their body so they feel successful because they, athletes need to feel like they're doing something at all times that are, that's working towards their goals. And then at the same time, exposing their weaknesses a little bit, but more importantly, to saying the why behind everything. Yeah. 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 I think that's so important. I think buy-in is such, it's like something that people don't talk about enough. I think when it comes to like coaching, yeah, because you can have the perfect program. You could be like this genius that invents this new technology or whatever it is, movement program. And, but if no one is enjoying it and buying in and seeing the benefits, you can't explain the why behind it. You're not going to have the people doing it and people aren't going to stick to it. Kind of the same thing with like nutrition. There's no one best nutrition program it's like what can that person stick to and so yes. relating it back to the individual athlete I think is just so important right and, and understanding their drivers too like some athletes you know I always say to my coaches you know the way that we can also get the buy-in is by asking intelligent questions like figuring out like for them is it sleep that they're struggling with right is it mobility you know is it stress you know just from the job itself and so We've, you know, created a pretty awesome curriculum in that we ask these questions in a very non-invasive way because also athletes don't want to be questions that not, you know, all the time. So <laughs> I would say the program is like hiding the spinach and the chocolate cake. There's all these amazing things, but we do it in a very discreet way because we know the athlete mindset. And so, um, you know, there's a strategy around it. It's tactical, but that's how athletes are. They're strategic and they're tactical. And so we need to play that game as well. Right.
Yeah, no, totally. I think it's the same situation. Like I even talking with national team coaches who want their athletes even to be in the gym more, especially that's an issue a lot with action sport athletes. Like they don't think it's cool to actually even be training. They just want to be outdoors and doing all those things all the time. And when yeah. I speak to some of those coaches, it's the same thing. It's that buy-in is so hard and they might be able to be like, okay, I know this athlete needs to do this many squats, this much volume, but they're, they're, approach to that is like actually I just need to get them to step in the gym and have fun and once they're having fun enjoying it having these other people around them maybe I can add some more volume and if they're like pushing me back and it's gonna stop them from actually coming and doing any training at all then we're gonna manage that and it's it is interesting to see that you have to still approach that the same way with pro athletes like pro athletes aren't robots you can't just input and they're gonna just do this they're still human they still have the things that they like to do and the things that they don't like to do exactly yeah exactly yeah, it's it's interesting. So what what does like yoga? What is the difference between yoga and yoga? Like, what is your unique approach? And um, like, what what does like a session kind of look like? Yeah. So first, I'll say how the name was designed. It again, like everything that I've built had no plan. Just to be clear, like everything's <laughs> happened. I like exactly. Yeah. Like there was no like I'm going to be like this leader of yoga and sport and I'm gonna like you know create this thing that yeah I had zero plan it was just literally I've always just been in reaction mode it's like what do the athletes need this is what I'm going to deliver oh now I'm so busy I need a curriculum okay I need yoga coaches how do I do? you know it was like literally just responding to what's been happening in my world so the name yoga is actually sitting with a pro athlete uh, Calgary Stampeder and you know he had just won MVP and he'd been working with me for two years and he said, you need to call this something, right? And I was mm -hmm. like, what do you mean call it something? I can't just be like yoga with Jan. He's like, in all my years <laughs> of training, he's like, this is like something I've never done before. And so we were brainstorming. And of course, my name's Jana and Jock. And that's where the name Joga came up. He was like, what about Joga? And I was like, Joga? Like, how do we say it? And he's like, Joga. Like, as a dude, I feel good saying, you know, I'm a Joga <laughs> or as an athlete, right? And so from that day moving forward, we just called it Joga. There was no, like, trademark or copyright or anything like that around it. It was just what it was. And right. then I ended up moving out here to Toronto and started working with the, the Argos out here had a bunch of success with them. The Toronto Star came with an article and that then exposed me to, you know, this, this, you know, this Jeep, the whole mass of Toronto. And I was so busy. Um, I needed yoga coaches. And so I created a curriculum and this curriculum has now been out there for almost 10 years. And I guess, you know, how we define yoga as a differential than yoga is that we've taken this concept of yoga in terms of the breathing and the relaxation, um, but we've applied not only science to it, but again, we've made it digestible and adaptable to how athletes actually think and function. And then from the movement perspective, we, you know, if you think about just yoga, you know, in your brain, you know, you envision like postures, right? Like tree posture, right? Or dancer's posture, which is, is great and look as, as an aesthetic and a goal to achieve if you're a yoga practitioner. But what sports is and what athletes are used to are movements, right? And so mm -hmm. I always say when I'm pitching the difference, like to an NBA team or whatever, I was like, have you ever seen one of your basketball players stop and do tree posture mid-court? And the answer is always no, right? There, there isn't that static positioning, right? And so what we've done or what I've done is, you know, taken – the biomechanics of sport and applied this yoga breathing and relaxation into these movements that emulate not only biomechanics, but actual cadence of sport. Mm 
And so we expose weaknesses, we work through different movement strategies, and then we challenge these different muscle groups and different planes of movement. So it's three-dimensional, right? Athletes move in three dimension. Um, we talk a lot about kinetic yeah. chain. We don't talk a lot about like chakras, right? We talk like foot to hand, um, <laughs> kinetic and, and neuropathy, right? Like it's, it's just more science-based. It's, it's for the athlete and, 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 you know, through all these years of having all these different people come and take my curriculum, what we've done is exposed our curriculum to physios, sports doctors, ATs, PTs, right? And so we've collected now so much more information in science by all these other amazing people coming into our program from all different backgrounds, right? So it's pretty cool yeah. because it's, it's this thing that the, the community of yoga kind of owns together. Like I've created the program, but it's, we've gotten more science and data and leverage with it because of these people that have come take the course and have even made it better yeah that's so cool i love that the background is really from experience like it's your years of trial and, and tribulation seeing the feedback from the athletes getting feedback from other experts and from the teams yeah. and um and then building it up from there as well as i think being reactionary is almost like a strategy in itself because you're so dedicated to the work that you're able to focus on those things in the moment to learn and make yoga what it is now versus if you had this huge plan, he used to right. say you would have been able to focus on executing those things in the moment. And I always say to people like, this is all I do. This is all I do. This is all we do. It's just, we're trying, we want to be the governing body of yoga and sports. So it's not like I'm running off to a yoga studio right now to go teach yoga. Right. I'm going to be like it. Um, investing in my own program all of the time and what I mean by that by investing is getting better right like again taking new information right and applying it to the program and you know trialing it with the athletes right and pivoting and it's it's evolving all of the time but this is I always say this is all we do so we we are the best out there because it's not like we're guessing. It's not like I'm just coming up and showing up and be like, oh, I'm just going to take you like through a sequence that I thought of in my sleep last night, right? Like it's very strategic and it's cohesive and we communicate very well with all the different pieces of the ecosystem of sports. So like the medical protocols, right? The strength and conditioning protocols, right? The coaching protocols, skills and drills, like all we have to understand that whole ecosystem and where our little piece of the puzzle fits in. And we've, we've now, we've learned where our program fits in because we've navigated through all of those different, you know, those different teams, right? The medical team, we sell rehab, right? Strength and conditioning, I sell mobility, right? If I can get your athlete to have more mobility in their hamstrings, they're going to be able to lift more weight in their deadlift and they're going to be stronger. And now you're doing your job better, right? And so, and the yeah. skills and the drills, it's understanding, you know, bridging the gap, right? If, if skills and drills are working on these mechanics over here and competition is over here, we kind of play in this lane here, right? Where we're reinforcing in the same language and the same biomechanics and the same things, what everybody else is talking about. And so, and, and how do we get there by, you know, if I was working with you and you're a snowboarder, well, I'm not a snowboarder, I'm a skier, right? So I need to, I need to know then what your body feels like and what your body, you know, does in those crazy moments when you're you know, like going down the hill at like speeds and falling and all the things that happen. Well, if I don't know that, well, I bet you one of my coaches has snowboarded, you know what I mean? Or maybe somebody like yourself comes in and gets certified. Right. And then we're able to create a program based on somebody who's been doing that sport. Right. For years and years and years. And that's what's happening now. We've got ex-athletes coming to do our certification 
And they're even able to make it better for the end user in that sport because they're not only now understanding it from the yoga perspective, but they're able to translate it very specifically to that athlete, which is cool for us. That's awesome. I love how you've grown the ecosystem out. And really, it's just a testament to anyone that experience can really get you places. Like you can learn all the things you want in, say, like a physio school or this traditional education. But for you to build what you have, it really comes down to that unique experience and knowing how you can communicate with the coaches, with the medical team, with all these different people that uh, if you come out straight out of school with all this knowledge, you just you can't. You, you don't have that experience. You don't have that vocabulary. Yeah, exactly. Which is a good message, right? Like experience is everything getting out there and doing right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's huge. That's something that I'm I, I try to push on people because I know, especially like lately, I think that people they're like, okay, I need to have this perfect plan. I want to be an entrepreneur or this to happen. It's like, okay, I need my 10 years of, of school and knowledge and this and then I, I go and put in the work here. And then I go here. It's like, you got to do, you have to learn and you have to experience the ups and downs, the highs and lows, the failures to actually, to, to learn things like experience is literally failing and going through that process, not reading it, reading a text. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm really good at that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me too. Me too. The ups and downs. The ups and downs. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, 100%. Oh, like, it's funny, because I, I, I did go to business school, I did my university degree while I was competing um, on the national team and chipped away at that. But I, I say always, like, especially when it comes to for me with my work in marketing and things like that, I learned that all through direct, like me having to market myself as an athlete, and then getting clients and figuring those things out along the way much more than I ever learned in, in my business right. program. Right. Yeah. And whoever thought you'd be doing, you know what I mean? Like, again, evolution, like here you are now doing like interviewing people and right. Like, it's awesome. Like, and I bet you when yeah. you were your 20 year old self, you wouldn't be like, oh, I'm going to be doing this in so many years. I don't even know how old you are, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, I definitely didn't. Uh, yeah. You know, I thought I'd just be snowboarding all my life. And then um, that that came to an end. And um, and then here I here I am now doing some different stuff. And I mean, that that transition is, is hard in itself. But I think, you know, uh, just from hearing your story, like you've navigated all those different transitions in your life really well to, to be chipping away and still doing this business and growing it yeah. to, to where it is after how long has it been actually? Uh, well, I mean, legitimately 20 years, I've been, you know, out there crazy. teaching and learning, but the, the business itself is exactly 11 years old. So, okay. Yeah. I think today, actually like I think like it's like my anniversary oh, awesome. like 11, when I actually incorporated and trademarked and whatever but yeah 11 yeah. years of business but 20 years actually in the business so yeah a long time that's yeah. awesome well congrats that's, yeah. that's tough Thanks. like I think the average business is like four years or something like that and especially yeah with 2020 and all the the things like how have you managed 2020 in your own personal life as well as like getting into these teams that might not be having seasons yeah, well, it's it was kind of an interesting transition because like everybody and I, I see this, 
you know, now like reflecting back on in nine months when we first all found out about COVID and everything was closing, I was angry at first and very selfish because I had actually booked a bunch of like a tour this year and I was going to be presenting at all my favorite like conferences that I've been going to and, you know, been aspiring to speak at. And so I had like a serious pity party at first. I was like, this sucks. This was supposed <laughs> to be the year of Jana. <laughs> and, you know, again, adaptability, yeah. right? Like one of the teams called and, you know, the, the head trainer was like, hey, Jay, like, can you train our team right now? And it was the New Jersey Devils. And they've been a client for like four years. And I was like, oh, my gosh, Jana Webb, your athletes need you now more than ever. They don't have their teams. They some don't have budget. Some of them don't have a gym. And so we doubled down. And when I say we, I mean me and my coaches. And we started a campaign called Home Team Together in which if you had money or no money, whatever, we were training athletes. And so in the last nine months, we've probably trained more athletes than we have in the entire history of yoga. And whether it's been awesome. all of our coaches volunteering their hours or teams with budget, whatever it's been, um, we've been busier than ever. Literally, like I come down my stairs in the morning, flip on my camera, and here we go. And not just, I mean, we, we have a huge business, obviously, in the NBA and NHL and all these pro teams, but also like the youth athletes. My son's a hockey player. He lost his team. He's also going through all the, you know, the waves and the emotional um, challenges, right, of a, a kid who can't play sport anymore. So, yeah, we're like I train twelve-year-olds, I train twenty-year-olds, I train like it doesn't matter, right? Athletes in our eyes are athletes, and it was our job to take care of them because we could in the last nine months. I love that, yeah. and I love how hungry you seem to still be a practitioner. A lot of people they start some of these businesses and then they hand everything off and they want to just like peace out and go to the Bahamas and leave everything to their other coaches. But you seem still so hungry to work with these athletes. Where does that drive come from? I think it comes from, and it's, it's uh, when I got my very first opportunity um, to work in front of a pro, like a whole entire pro team, there was a adrenaline um, piece that I can't ever replace. And it's almost like here I am working with the best athletes in the world, knowing that they have, they are just like exposed to everybody and anybody. They can have anybody they want training them. And it was my job to work with them. And so to know, and, I, and when I say we train the best athletes in the world, I say it with a lot of humbleness, but I, I say it with a lot of pride. Like our, the program is that amazing that the best athletes in the world choose to do it. And so I take that very seriously and because it has been my life's work and I do care about the athlete and to see somebody who does our program and they're the best and they even get better. It just, you can't replace that feeling. Like that's why I'm always hungry because I'm like, we're, we're awesome. And if, you know, I won't say names, but if the, you know, NBA all-star can do our program and get better, what does that mean? for all like youth athletes and college athletes, right? And so it's this trickle down effect where we're making impact in sport. And not only are we creating healthier, sustainable athletes physically, but we're very considerate, like you said, in, the, in this human being piece, right? We're also taking into consideration their emotional and mental well-being, right? And having gone through what I've been through in the last four years after my car accident having a brain injury and concussion, like these are very real topics that athletes deal with, like that happen. And again, I didn't plan to get almost killed. I didn't plan to have a brain injury. All these things have happened in my life. I, I feel like to make me better at what I do. And so 
Um, now the program has evolved into this piece where yes, we're physically changing bodies, but there is a mindfulness and a meditation piece of it. Um, that, oh, again, is it delivered in a non-threatening way, in a way that you just, it's like you're speaking with the athlete, not to the athlete, in, in terms of understanding that day-to-day, -day, right? And really what they right. go through. And everyone's like, oh, they're pro athletes. They make all these this money. And I'm like, you have no idea that demands on that person. Like, you know, there's only there's so much threshold for a person's mental and physical and mental well-being, right? So understanding yeah. that threshold right yeah yeah i i think that, i think that's just your question i didn't even know i just like, I, yeah i mean dead. i i just like when the conversations go off anyway so it's great Software <laughs> this goes, it goes, so. <laughs> no i like it but i, I think that's oh yes fashion why i wake up every, yeah why i can oh, yeah, yeah. Jordan great athletes every day yeah always yeah it's, it's my no, business I, like i can never leave that right Right. But I think that's like that hungry athlete mentality. And it's why I think people with that athletic mindset make great entrepreneurs because they are always hungry to get better. And you want to be surrounded by other people who are hungry to get better. And that's why even being separated from not being on the national team anymore and not competing in snowboarding anymore, I still want to be surrounded by these other people who are pursuing that level of greatness in their life. Because without it, I know how I felt for those couple years of transition. And it was like, what was missing? And now I'm realizing it's like, that every day waking up with even if you're just goofing around with your teammates and your friends but they all yeah. still have this amazing goal to be like the best in the world at whatever they do and that's that's something that I really miss and especially in 2020 has been awesome to connect through like lives like this because being stuck at home and you're not necessarily surrounded by that all the time it's so good to to have that around you even if it's just once a week yeah well, and you have the tools to create that for yourself, right? And some people don't. And that's why it's our job to to create this like platform where people feel empowered and inspired to do that for themselves, right? Because I know there are that, you know, it's just, it's very heavy right now for a lot of people. And so, and I've gone through that, like with, you know, everything in the last nine months. So I'm like, if somebody like myself who wakes up pretty positive every day and with a pretty good outlook on life has gone through like low, low days, I can only imagine, you know, people who perhaps aren't super motivated or lost their jobs or whatever it is, how they must feel. And so I feel that like now more than ever, we just got to like collaborate, bandwidth, continue to like help people get inspired to do whatever it is that they can do every day to be, to be better, you know, whatever that is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. that's why I think like this collective kind of struggle that we're all going through this year is hopefully going to bring more empathy, more people together, um, more collaboration, like just hopefully a better world, a better new normal, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, because we've all gone through the struggle and we're starting to realize like we're all in this together, whether you are a pro athlete. And um, I like how you did mention like the pro athletes, they go through these things. And I've been someone who's like really wants to be an athlete advocate of like sharing when those pro athletes are sharing about their mental health, because that's something that I've been sharing more of my struggles with that. Um, and I want my struggles were especially during my last few years snowboarding and, and transitioning from it. And, you know, you get the people who say, well, you were living this amazing life or the pro athletes. Now you get to play your sport in the middle of 2020. And it's like, these are real people. Like they, they're not a robot just because they're a pro athlete. Like they have real yeah. feelings, they have stress and they actually have magnified stress because of the demands of everyone who's watching and the money that they're getting in. 
1000%. And, and this is why we have a job. Do you know what I mean? This is why I have a job in pro sports. Because as you know, it, there's trust involved. It's relationship, right? It's, you don't just get to work. You don't just get to work with the NBA. Sorry. It's my, yeah. it's taken my whole life to have not only the credibility and a, and a program, but to have the trust of the, not just the athletes, but the performance team and the coaches. And like, that's sheer hustle. And that's sheer knowing what my end goal is. And I'm just not giving up. And have I been knocked down yeah. 1,000 times? 1,000%. Have I had doors slammed in my face? 1,000%. Have people called me crazy? Absolutely. <laughs> but at the, I'm like, but this is what I'm doing. Like, what else am I going to do? <laughs> like this, yeah. this is my life now. <laughs> right yep so, yep you're yeah. in it you're all you're all in on it so I'm you, all you in. have no choice yeah exactly. <laughs> I, know, I love that and I, I kind of want to go back a little bit because I know like you've talked about um your concussion and the things like that and it helps you relate back to the athletes and I think being able to relate to the athletes with that is so important and bring that conversation like for me actually that was that was a big reason why I did retire from snowboarding and something I didn't really open up fully about was I've had so many concussions and I'm really lucky not to have some of the ones that I've heard about and, and including your story where I had these really long lasting impacts, but I was really worried that one more and that would, would be it. Like growing up playing hockey, I had concussions and then snowboarding. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty heavy concussion sport and maybe not taking it as seriously as, as we could have. How does it help you relate with athletes, especially in this mental health conversation that's, mm -hmm. that's rising in 2020? Yeah, well, I will say prior to my car accident, I remember training um, a football team, a, a professional football team. And I remember walking in one day and a few of the players were like, you know, guys who would come like every week and the night before they were concussed because I, I always came on recovery days like day after. And um, they're like, Jay, we can't do yoga today. Like we were, you know, we're concussed. And I was like, you look fine. Suck it up. You know, like, <laughs> like, like that's what I was thinking. And then after being through this traumatic accident that I was in and having gone through not only concussion, but, you know, tearing my brain, it's just like, oh, my God, I was like, I can't believe I ever thought that because I like since my I didn't have any cuts or bruises or anything after my car accident. So everyone's just like, you look fine. So you must be fine. Right. Yeah. But literally for four for four years, I've been battling it. And I'm just starting to talk about it now, because to be fair, like, for me, it was, I was in survival mode when I came out of this accident. I was like, I need to keep my business going. Like I'm a single mom. <laughs> I don't have a paycheck every month. Like I had just invested in this million dollar space in Yorkville for a studio here in Toronto. So there was no option to quit. And so I just continued working with this brain injury and that brain injury was, was very, um, prominent in my day-to-day -day, like in terms of my like just my personality like I had no ability to manage my emotions um I would just like lose it like I'd be really angry um like really angry like and I'm not an angry person and so it was a lot of character things that I was like who is this person um and to yeah. like um from a business point of view my my memory was gone I had people would be walking up to me and I was like, I have no idea who you are. Business emails, like just all of the things, like I, all my letters were mixed up. Even talking with you, I have to concentrate so hard. And if my, if all of my words come out in the wrong way, I'm sorry, everybody, like people, my boyfriend's like, that's just Janet. No, you sound great. So. Okay. <laughs> but like, it's, but, but, but it's like threshold too. Like, this is what I'm doing today, an hour with you. I could not do another one of these today. It's like, like now I've learned like what my, they call it my, physio calls it like yellow zone green zone and red zone and now I know like what my thresholds are every day but man like it's just 
the mental piece. Like, I, I, I won't say in this live interview what I've been through, but it, it was really bad. And, yeah, um, yeah. yeah and I, I reflect back and I'm just like, who was that person? And so now when I, when I actually walk down the street, athlete or not, I just look at people and I'm just like, oh, my God, like, what's the story there? Like, what's their story? And I'm just so more, much more um, compassionate and so much more empathetic because I just know that people aren't okay. Right. Yeah. And so by knowing that I feel again, accountable and it's my due diligence just to whatever this next piece of Jana Webb and Joga looks like, I have to continue to use my own story and my setbacks to hopefully inspire, educate, whatever I can do to make somebody else who's in that moment feel better or do better. I have to do that. It's my job. Yeah, no, I, I respect that so much. And I really appreciate you sharing that because it's something that, yeah, I, I've been through too. I think like after I, I retired from snowboarding, I was kind of feeling the same where I was, I don't want to compare because I know you had this, this brain injury, but I actually, I was feeling all these things and I, I went to get tested to see if it was from concussions and I was very lucky. And that's when my um, psychologist told me, he's like, you cannot get another concussion. Like you're very lucky based on the history you've given me that you like these things that, that you're feeling, it's not coming from that. Like you passed your memory test, you passed these things, but you don't want to, you don't want to push it anymore. And, and just that feeling of like, you know who you were and who your limits what what your limits were and then having that gap where you're like this isn't me I don't want to be acting like this but you don't feel quite in control that's something that it's once you've experienced that you can relate to so many people who you see these actions that people take whether it's on tv or it's in everyday life and you almost you can never really get angry I find like sometimes you see people who judge other people and yeah. I find I start to look to be because, because of that experience at other people and say you know what, there, there's some trauma there, or there's something that they've been through, or like they're acting in a way that perhaps it's the same thing that I, I went through or that you went through, where they're not acting in the way that they want to be showing up, and it's not their fault. That's right, and the brain doesn't distinguish trauma as different categories. Do you know what I mean? Trauma is trauma, and right. the symptoms are exactly the same, and that's why when you're like, oh, it's not, it, it, it's equally the same. Like people who've had any type of brain trauma, like it's an, it's an organ. So the way that the brain holds trauma, what, what, however that trauma came, right, it's trauma. And so, yeah. you know, it doesn't have to be a head-on collision. It doesn't, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's PTSD, there's so many things that we're learning and I'm learning in my own rehab process about the human brain. But what I'm so excited about is that through my rehab, um, what I'm learning about neuroplasticity and about how thoughts impact, you know, actions, which can, you know, impact behavior. Like, I'm learning now to manage my brain and manage my mind and manage this injury. And my goal now, I say this to my neurologist, because I'm still in rehab four out of five days a week. And I've got an amazing team oh. behind me. Um, but, like, I, I go in with the... the the, uh, the lens of I want to learn more and he's teaching me about how you rewire to rewire my brain and I was like I just want to come out even better you know than what I was yeah. four years ago yeah and that's my mindset right now and that's what keeps me going every single day and you know staying on top of my own health yeah wow yeah, that, that makes so much sense. I think sometimes those struggles, then they you seek out these experts and these things that you wouldn't have otherwise, and they open up a whole new world of knowledge that 
you might not have dove into if if it weren't for that incident and so i think your mindset about it is so great just even hearing you on other interviews and things like that like the way that you approach it and kind of try to turn that into a positive a learning experience yeah. i think that's that's the only way we can do it otherwise we just get angry and and yeah. get upset about what happened but we can't we can't change it unfortunately no and i've worked hard to get to this place where i'm like i'm grateful for my accident like i'm like it's you know people are like are you good to talk about it? i'm like yeah it's i'm good to talk about it now three years ago i couldn't couldn't talk about it from this place but now i'm like it's shaping um it's, it's shaped who i am and you know has it changed me yeah it has of course it has <laughs> like when you almost yeah. die it's like yes it's changed me and I, I always say I want to apologize to like everybody in the last four years of my life that I've walked by like I, I've just been in my own struggle you know what I mean and so you know people are thinking oh she's just rude and she doesn't want to talk or whatever I'm like actually no I've just I've just been trying to survive for four years you know and keep yeah. and keep the dream alive and that's true like that is pure truth sir I'm like I'm not I don't think I'm too good. I don't think anything. I'm just actually trying to wake up every day, not be sick and keep my business going and keep forging forward. Like that's actually what I'm doing every day. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's something that we should all keep in mind when we walk past people or we see people online and they're sharing something we disagree with or whatever it is. It's like, we're all trying to survive in this world and 2020 is is a rough one um no matter our, our previous traumas and things like that it's it's been rough for everybody and we're all reacting differently and little patience and empathy goes a long way totally yeah highlight for me though and you'll appreciate this is this past right before COVID hit um you know i forged this relationship with red bull over the last like three or, or i guess like four or five years and we did a okay. training at the red bull facility down in um in Los Angeles and we That's certified so cool. so yeah, cool. right we certified like we certified all of the performance team from Red Bull and the one guy I can't remember his name right now but he he was on the US snowboard team and he okay. now is an advocate for Joe Bench and like uh, one of the other trainers was is Lindsay Vaughn's trainer and so I, I just thought you being a snowboarder would appreciate you know that relationship and yeah right and having getting in like with Red Bull for me that was just like a career highlight yeah I can I can only imagine like uh, just the team and the performance centers that they've been able to build just from like the strength of their brand and then they they dive it into these other avenues it's so cool like I, I have some friends still who are on like the U.S. team or Red Bull athletes and seeing them go there I'm like oh, it's so cool like I would coaches and learn about what they're doing because it's so that that whole high performance center experience and the vibe of it all is just it's unique yeah yeah and it's so individualized right well as you know every every at red bull or every athlete like yourself who's individual like it's a totally different landscape right so i will say training team athletes and training individual athletes whole different thing whole different thing i can imagine yeah <laughs> you you don't right because you're it's you it's you and yourself and you going down mm -hmm. that hill and i learned that first by working with a, a olympic volleyball player right there was just two of them it's beach volleyball and then to train a hockey team right. and to train like a, an individual athlete i had to learn that right it's totally two different paradigms yeah which is cool yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's there's tons of differences. So I know our time is limited. Yes, um, yes I just yes. have a couple couple last questions for you. What excites you the most about the future of, of training and yoga? 
you know, to be this governing body of yoga and sport and to represent it globally. Like we've got traction in Japan right now and the UK and South America. And so that gets me the most excited is to have a sustainable brand with sustainable athletes globally. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. And this last yeah. one, I've, I've been missing yeah. asking this to people in the last couple ones, but I was like, today I was remembering, I was like, oh yeah, I got to ask this. And so I like to end with asking what would be, if you look back at the end of your life, your legacy in one word, if you could pick one word. It's a, it's Just a one word. <laughs> yeah. I would say dis disruptor. Oh, I like that. I have not got that one. <laughs> I'm so kind of a disruptor. <laughs> disrupting sports, disrupting yoga, <laughs> disrupting everything. <laughs> oh, I like it. I, I love it. Well, I really, really. What about you? I, what, can I ask you those two uh, questions? Yeah. Uh, I think it's impact. Impact? Yeah. Impact. Oh, and I've had a few one. people. Oh, I want to change mine like, now. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I, I think impact, but I think, I mean, there's so many words. I think, I, I mean, you're a passionate individual. I think people with this passion, this drive, it's like, you feel like, oh, I want to be passionate as my word. And then like, no, like family and then uh, impact. Yeah. And it, it could really be anything, but I, I like yeah. to ask. It's a fun question to get the, to get it going. And what about you? Where do you see yourself in like five, 10 years? Yeah, I mean, I'm really enjoying doing these conversations. I'm hoping to do more of them. It kind of started as a way to bring people together throughout the pandemic and get some positive interactions online while people were um, online. So I'm definitely hoping to do more of that. Um, I've, I've taken like a couple years off. I actually started competing in CrossFit after snowboarding. And so I'm, I'm trying to get into a little bit more. I was, I was competing at a high level and then I hurt my shoulder, non-CrossFit related. <laughs> and for like a year, I crashed my motorbike in uh, Bali actually. And oh, uh, yeah, I was going like 60K and a cat ran right in front of my bike. And so I basically ditched the bike and went across the ground and right in front of a hospital, luckily. And I've just scratched up, but I hurt my AC joint on my shoulder. Okay. And still, yeah. Yeah. still gets pretty inflamed and maybe I'll eventually I'll get it looked at, but I'm nervous <laughs> to see what's actually wrong with it, which is oh, usually the case. But you saved the cat. You didn't kill the cat though. You didn't run over the cat. That's it. <laughs> well, you know, everyone told me, they like, you should have kept going. Like, and I was like, yeah. no because I think I would have been more traumatized if something happened to the cat yeah. like that is worse than like scars on my body I think and yeah, um, totally. there is actually like a like a spiritual thing if you kill a cat you have to hand bury it like it's a whole thing it's bad luck this is Bali yeah yeah in Bali yeah oh wow okay good to know, good to know. yeah so don't, don't run over any cats that they're running over no. yeah. yeah well thank good. you so, so much you're, for you're figuring on. things out yeah yeah of course yeah, I know I got to let you go here. And I, I really appreciate yeah. your vulnerability and, and chatting with me and spending the time. Yeah, thanks, Natalie. Thank, I'm glad we connected after all these years. Maybe we'll get you yoga yeah. certified. You can take over this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely get, I have to get into it. I, I know I do. Yeah. It's like something. And you know, for me, it's so interesting because my aunt has been pushing me since I was a kid to get more into yoga yeah. movement. But I'm like, if I don't yeah. have like a program because of the active yeah. mind, I, I yeah. just stick with it, right? And so, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to hold you accountable. I'm going to make you come join one of my classes sometime. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm into awesome. it. Awesome.
Hey, I think that the greatest gift in life is presence. So thank you so much for gracing me with your presence of tuning in to this episode. Now, something that I would appreciate a ton and would help this podcast keep growing is if you, one, take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your social media so more people can find the podcast and hopefully we can help impact more people. As well as number two is if you can leave a rating and a written review. That means so much. And once again, thank you for being here.